what is my full potential? That's the question that I posed to myself in my journal this morning. Excuse me. I was, I was, I just watched a, uh, a video of Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan's show, just a clip that I stumbled upon and I'm going to play it for you here in a minute. And it got me to wondering, what is my full potential? And then I asked the question, what is my potential for certain things? I mean, we, we say this, you know, we want to reach our full potential. I say it often, you know, let's how, you know, how can you reach your full potential? I talk about how coach John Wooden, if you know anything about the, the legendary UCLA head basketball coach, one of the things that he always said that he was coaching toward was for each of his players to reach their full potential, but for, Potential for what? Bravery, athleticism, ability to overcome obstacles. There's so many different subcategories of potential that it's almost hard to know which ones to really pursue. And then there comes this other question that I had, which was, how do you do it? Now, I've said before that One of the greatest moments of my life was whenever I was on a mission trip in the southern Hunan province of China, and we were hiking in the in the bush where the the grades of the the foothills of the Himalayas were so intense. I mean, you could like lean over, reach out, and touch the side of the mountain. So you're almost at times crawling up the mountain with a 50-pound pack. We're on these little goat trails. We're getting covered in these little leeches that are getting into our clothes. I become completely dehydrated, exhausted, disillusioned, scared, didn't know if I was ever coming home, thought I might die, start doubting everything about why I went and what was going on. It was just this horrible back-against-the-wall moment of my life, and it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Why? Well, it was how I was able to reach in and unlock some potential for physical endurance bravery, and overall persistence that I didn't even know existed. And there's no way that I could have known that it existed had I not put myself in that incredibly challenging situation. So that begs the question, okay, so if we have all this unlocked potential within us and we would love to unleash it, how do we do it? And, And honestly, I don't know. I don't know how... Could I ever unleash that kind of potential that I never even knew was there to overcome the obstacles that I overcame in that situation without putting myself in harm's way? So that becomes like how much untapped potential are we going to die left within us but simply because we're, we're smart. We're not going to, we're not going to put ourselves and our lives at risk just so that we can see how much potential do I have. But, and, and some people kind of do that, I guess. They, that's how they master such incredible activities and, 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 different, and different things that they achieve in life is because they're willing to go up against the wall all the time. And then it got me to thinking about this. So I thought, well, what? let's talk about just one of them. You know, and I wrote in my journal. It was, it was one of these mornings, and I encourage you to do this sometimes. It's really fun. Instead of journaling, just kind of writing in the journal, ask yourself questions in the journal. In fact, I went through this process, and it kind of reminded me this morning when I started doing this, kind of naturally, just I don't know why I did this, but I used to do this all the time. Like I would always start my journal with a question for myself. 
and I would and I'd answer it. And this morning, I just wrote a bunch of questions. And so I wrote about bravery as it relates to this idea of tapping in to potential because I want to be as brave as I can possibly be as I navigate the waters of life, right? I mean, who doesn't? We want to be brave. We want to be courageous. We want to be able to overcome any sort of fear. And I thought, well, if you ask most people, what is their greatest fear? They'd probably tell you death. They would say, I'm really afraid of something. Like for me, I would probably answer, uh, first and foremost, my greatest fear if I had one would be something happening to Jim and Rylan or Abby that would, would harm them. I, I, I really have a, uh, I, I battle sometimes when my daughters get on an airplane, Abby living in New York, Rylan living in Atlanta, Jimelin, you know, just in, you know, anytime I have this fear that what if something happens to them? But then you ask people this question of what do they fear and how can they overcome their, their fear by tapping into the potent, their potential for bravery at a greater degree. So we hear these things like people are really afraid of public speaking. Most of us are fearful of being cast out of our tribe, whatever that tribe looks like. And as I went down that road, I thought, you know, it's interesting. If, if I were to say my greatest fear is going on the side of a mountain, dehydrating and thinking I'm going to die and not be able to make it back, that would never occur to me. If you'd asked me before I went, I would never say that was my greatest fear. My greatest fear would have to do with my daughters. But then you bring it to real life, and I think about how does it truly impact my, my day-to-day life? And this is where it gets to everybody, I think, that would ever listen to this, this episode. Think about your life. You, you think of these things and say, what are you afraid of? And we think about these boogie monsters that are probably never going to happen, right? I mean, and if they do, there's just no, there's no reason to have a fear for it because you simply cannot hedge against it necessarily. I cannot ask my daughters to live in a secure bubble that never allows them the potential of having harm just to satisfy my fear of something happening to them, right? That's just, that's unrealistic. But we have other things that we're afraid of. Quitting a job. That's a, that's a big one. Quitting, quitting a job. All right. So I'm fearful of that. Okay. Do you have the potential to overcome that fear? Yes, we know that's true. But so how do you deal with that? Do you quit the job just to see? Well, then what happens if you quit the job? Well, then you might go broke. Are you really going to go broke? Probably not. So I, so as I played that out in my mind, I thought, well, for the person out there that's in a miserable job, they hate their job. They don't like what they're doing. Somewhere within them is the potential to quit that job, to overcome that fear and quit the job. Now, what we're really fearful of, we're really not even fearful of going broke. We're not even fearful of not having a job. Now, this is me just kind of working this out in my mind and, and, and feel free to I just process this with me. This is not a, a, today's episode was one of those where I just had these kind of this, this stream of consciousness where I wanted to come on and just share with you because I want you to have this, I want you to go through these thoughts with me, go through this thought experiment for your own good. That's not going to have, there's no punchline at the end of this. There's no Jason Wright's going to deliver some answer that's going to bring all this together. I, I don't have that. I, it's kind of why I wanted to just sit down. I literally went from my journal and I had these thoughts like, you know what, I want to, I want to share this and I want, because I think I'm onto something here. I want to share it with the audience. So, it's not really going broke or not having a job 
it's not even probably our um, the perception of our friends when we tell them, yeah, I quit my job, I'm unemployed. What we're fearful of is the unknown. Ah, so that got me thinking. Hmm, okay. It, and think about it. You think to yourself, am I right? Isn't that really what we're afraid of? We know we hate the job. We know in our heart of hearts, just using this as the example, we know we hate the job, but we don't quit. And we, and it's not, and we realistically, if you take that to its logical conclusion, you ask yourself, if I quit this job, will I go broke and never be able to eat, not be able to pay my mortgage, not be able to, all these things, will I be homeless? I think you're going to come to the conclusion of most likely not because worst case scenario, you go get another job that fills the gap while you're looking for the thing that you want to do. But you're probably not going to go broke. And you got friends, you got family. Most of us on the other end of this microphone, you're, you're, you're going to survive. You're not going to die. You're not going to starve. So we know that. But we're fearful of the unknown. We're fearful of what does that temporary job look like? What does our reputation look like? Was it the right decision? Was this the unknown? So how do we, without quitting our job and without risking death, how do we start to unlock? the potential that is within us for overcoming the fear of the unknown. Hmm. I think that's what we got to get to. And it doesn't even have to be in the same realm. See, if we just, if we just take as a general category, I want to unlock my potential to be brave and courageous enough to go into the unknown at a greater degree of certainty. Doesn't mean I'm never going to be afraid of going into the unknown again, just jumping on a plane and going to a new country where I don't know anything. That, and, but we at least, we, we prepare ourselves and we unlock something in our genome that allows us to better deal with the unknown, which by the way is kind of the the, the greatest fear that most people deal with every Every day is just, and we, we is, um, as, as, as humans, we hate the unknown. It's why we elect horrible politicians is because we would rather have the known crappy politician and leader than the unknown individual. We do this all the time. It's why we stay a lot in the crappy job, in the crappy relationship is because we, we would rather deal with the crappy that we know than the potential of an even crappier unknown. So as I got to thinking about this, I'm like, wow, that's some huge, that would be a huge, huge area of potential unlocking to pursue is to be better at dealing with being willing to go into the unknown. Now that's something that's pretty freaking cool. How do we do that? Well, I, I suppose, and again, don't have a definite answer. I'm just sitting here thinking out loud with you guys. I think that maybe that means uh, trying new things, uh, going into a situation where we don't know how people around us are going to react, but we stop to ask ourselves, okay, like for example, I went to a wedding last weekend and I... Um, there were some family members there that don't hold me in the highest regard. Okay. We have some, we have some friction. And so I thought, okay, 
What, can, what, what should I do for the best outcome of this event? I had two choices. I could either go and basically be very reserved, very quiet, sit at my table, and essentially be as unknown to the group as possible so that no one could judge anything. The people that didn't really care for me being there, didn't really like me there, couldn't say a word. They could just say, well, at least he just sat and didn't bother anybody. Or, and I knew I knew what that would turn out like. I had done that before around these people. I knew exactly what that looked like. That was the known. But then there was an unknown. What if I go with the intent of having an absolute great time and making sure that everyone else that does not have these ill feelings toward me has the best time possible and I make them laugh and I and it just we just I just I lift the mood I do everything in my power and let just and just be free and open now that's the unknown while doing that knowing that the people that aren't that crazy about me are probably going to be just grit their teeth and go that jackass who does he think he is he coming here and acting like he can just have a good time you know that was kind of my thought whether it was real or just perceived doesn't matter the real unknown was me going and just dancing acting a fool having a good time and and doing my best to bring nothing but light sunshine and happiness to the event and guess what I went for the unknown and I had a blast and now the next time there's an event like that I'm going to have more courage to step into the unknown of behaving in a way that seemingly could be more unsafe and less expected than I did the last time that's a small tiny example but that's just one that comes to mind here in recent memory so I think that as we try to tap into our potential for anything, we're going to have to be first willing to go into the unknown. I have always asked my myself this question about somebody like Steve Jobs. Okay, Steve Jobs kind of lived in an alternate universe, right? He had the, what was it called, the reality distortion field or whatever it was called, where he essentially just refused to accept reality as reality he was like, he's like, I will create my own reality. And I always wondered which came first with Steve Jobs. Was it when he became, when he came to the point where he knew he had FU intelligence? Because I think that's, I think that's, the, there's two things we know of. There's FU money, but I think there's also FU intelligence or FU talent. So a, a fictitious account of FU talent would be Don Draper on Mad Men. Don Draper was so good at his job that he could basically just throw a middle finger to anyone and still keep his job. He was that good. He had FU talent. Tiger Woods at one point, and still to this day, pretty much has FU talent. Okay, there are people like that. It's like these people, these pop stars and entertainers and other people that are so good at what they do, they can be the most horrible human beings on earth, but yet we will still go pay to see them because they've got FU talent. So I used to ask myself about Steve Jobs. Did he have FU talent that allowed him to go through the world saying FU to reality? Or was it whenever he either got in his mind FU money and then uh, then eventually did really have FU money that that's when he became just willing to 
drive 90 miles per hour through Palo Alto, get a speeding ticket, and then speed off and go 110 as he leaves the site of where he got the ticket because that's that's a true story. Uh, which was it? Or was it just always this his willingness to overcome the unknown and not care and then as a result of tapping into this complete potential of going into the unknown, going into the, the contrarian view of things, having this attitude that people don't know what they want until we tell them what they want. You know, that's literally, he would create markets in his mind. He was, he kind of operated under this, this, this mindset that there are things people want that they don't even know they want. And I'm the guy that's going to go tell them that they want, I'm going to, I'm going to go unlock the desire they have that they don't even know they have. It's pretty bold. So which came first? But somewhere along the way, and, and then you look at a guy like that that just, and some of them, look, I'm not saying it's always right. I mean, look, Steve Jobs was a, you know, he had a dark side and a, and a bright side, whatever. But whenever we get to the point where we truly are able to just live life at our full potential, I think it takes, first and foremost, being willing to overcome the unknown. Going back to the question of what are you most afraid of, if someone would say dying, getting raped, getting you know, whatever, this horrible, that's not what you're most afraid of. I, I, I'm telling you, you're not, you're not, look, if, if you want to argue with me, and I thought this out, I was like, okay, if, if somebody says, well, the, mo- the thing I'm most afraid of is dying. No, you're not. I thought, I, I thought, I was like, well, that, that's not what most people are afraid of. And you know how I know that? It's because you'll get on an airplane. It's because you'll get in a car every day. If you if your greatest fear was dying, you would never get into your car. Or you would never drive somewhere where you could fly because it's less dangerous to fly. Your chances of dying in the car are greater. But you do. You get on boats. You go skiing. You do things that your fear of death is not your greatest fear at all. Because the same person that you ask them, what's your greatest fear? And they say death. You go, well, all right, so tell me this. Are you in a relationship that you don't like? Well, yeah, as a matter of fact, damn. Okay, why aren't you out of it? Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid to tell them. I'm afraid to hurt their feelings. I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of making the wrong decision and never finding love again. I'm afraid that it's the wrong decision. Ah, so really, you're not, you're more afraid of the unknown of not having that person in your life than you are of death. Otherwise, you wouldn't get in the car, but you would do that. But you won't. You would, Instead, you get in the car. You're not afraid of that. You're not afraid of death, but you won't do the other thing. And so... I think to get to to hone the skill of pursuing your greatest potential and overcoming your un your to increase your willingness your to increase your potential to go into the unknown of ending relationships when you know they're probably not good to tell people the truth to always be truthful and honest in every situation to untap that you have to start practicing it in little levels and so and this is, I want to play for you the video that kind of got me to this point. Whenever I was listening to Jordan Peterson, I was like, huh, this makes a lot of sense to me it, because it's one of those things that I just grapple with all the time. If you were to ask me, what's your, you know, I, I have the motto of this show, improve always and always. Why? It's because I'm trying so damn hard to reach my full potential, whatever that means. It, it's not just some cliche, like just whatever what, what potential or, or improve what I want to, I want to go to my grave knowing that there just wasn't that much potential left in my genome, my, 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 that in, in my, 
in my epigenetic code that there was not that much left, that much potential left. That I got every single last drop out of. The only thing that was left were the things that I would have had to put myself at the risk of death to tap into, and so therefore it was smart. They were left in reserve for a reason. They were reserves that were best left untapped because the the because to to get to that potential of survival it just wouldn't have been worth the risk so anyway here's what jordan peterson has to say about this you know if you set out a path towards a goal which you want to do because you need a goal and you need a path because mm-hmm. that provides you with positive emotion right so more full and rich your experience is going to be when you pursue it so that's one of the reasons of of that's one of the reasons for developing a vision and for fleshing yourself out philosophically because you want to aim at the highest goal that you can manage okay so you do that and then what you'll find is that as you move towards the goal there are certain things that 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 you have to accomplish that frighten you you know maybe you have to learn to be a better speaker a better writer a better thinker or you have to be better to people around you or you have to learn some new skills and you're afraid of that whatever because it's going to stretch you if you if you pursue a goal and it's and so that'll put you up against challenges okay so all the clinical data indicates well the opposite of safe spaces as jonathan Haidt has been pointing out that what you want to do when you identify something that someone is avoiding that they need to do because they're afraid you have them voluntary, con- voluntarily confront it. And so you break it down. What you try to do if you're a behavior therapist is you break down the thing they're avoiding into smaller and smaller pieces until you find a piece that's small enough so they'll do it. And it doesn't really matter as long as they start it. You know, then they can put the next piece on and the next piece. And what happens is they don't get less afraid exactly. They get braver. They get, they get, it's like there's more of them. And, you can, and, and here's why. So imagine you do something new and that's informative right there's information in the action and then you can incorporate that information and turn it into a skill and turn it into a transformation of your perceptions so there's more to you because you've tried something new so that's one thing but the second thing is and there's good biological evidence for this now that if you put yourself in a new situation then new genes code for new proteins and build new neural structures and new nervous system structures same thing happens to some degree when you work out right because your your muscles are responding to the load but your nervous system does that too so you imagine that there's a lot of potential you locked in your genetic code and then if you put yourself in a new situation then then the stress that's the situational stress that's produced by that particular situation unlocks those genes and then builds new parts of you and so that's very cool because who knows how much there is locked inside of you okay so now here's the idea so let's assume that that scales as you take on heavier and heavier loads that more and more of you you get more and more informed because you're doing more and more difficult things but more and more of you gets unlocked and so then what that would imply is that if you got to the point where you could look at the darkest things, so that would be the abyss, right? That would be the deepest abyss. If you could look at the harshest things, like the most brutal parts of the suffering of the world and the malevolence of people and society, if you could look that, look at that straight and, and directly, that that would turn you on maximally. And so that's the idea of rescuing your father, because imagine that you're like the potential composite of, of 
all your all the ancestral wisdom that's locked inside of you biologically but that's not going to come out at all unless you stress yourself unless you unless you challenge yourself and the bigger the challenge you take on the more that's going to turn on i think that is so powerful when i heard that because look we're we're living in the world of safe spaces, right? No pain, no, whatever you do, don't, don't offend me. Don't make me hurt. Don't make me, I don't want to be too hot. I don't want to be too cold. I want to live a Goldilocks life of just right. And if anything disturbs that, then something is wrong. And if we live like that, if we're not willing to take on some of this, as Jordan Peterson calls staring into the abyss and, and starting out with looking into the tiny little abysses first so that one day we can stare into the great abyss, not without fear, not without concern, but with unlocked potential as a tool to use in facing that abyss, then I think we will all be much better off. So I hope that... The, I hope that this episode, this little mini episode that I just randomly decided to come on and, and produce, I hope it leaves you with more questions about yourself than answers. And I hope you will ultimately, ultimately find the answers, but understand that this has such a great deal to do with this whole improve always and always mantra that really what I'm trying to do for myself and what I, I hope to bring every listener along with me on this journey of unleashing as much potential that each and every one of us has stored within us as humanly possible before this ride is over. So with that, continue always to unlock and improve your unlocking of your potential always and always. I'm Jason and I'm out.